Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TGIF edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Special show today, we have the one and only Chris King stopping by from winnersandwiners.com. Give us a breakdown really on everything, Scott. We're going to talk a little baseball, talk a little college, talk a little NFL. It's going to be a beautiful thing. This is this is a great time of the year, man. And, and pretty soon the NBA will fire up. Hockey will get going for the regular season. It's the big five, brother. Are you ready? I think hockey's a week away. Uh, yep. And NBA win. They, uh, NBA, the, I believe, is two to three weeks away. I was going to say around the, somewhere around the 20th, mm-hmm. that, that week, somewhere in there. So, yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. And, you know... All joking aside, it is the time to find inefficiencies in the line, Scott, because even with technology, bookmakers have a hard time keeping up with five or six when college ball starts major sports. So it will uh, always look for those inefficiencies in the lines. Of course, we'll be bringing those to you as we find them. But we got a lot to get to today, guys. No time for dilly-dallying. We're going to get right to it. We're going to find out. Who did well? By the way, Scott, how'd you do yesterday? Uh, I did really well. Good. I didn't didn't lose a single thing. You? Same way. Same way. Four four and zero, oh, brother. We had uh, both premiums. We had the team total over for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, and we also had the Los Angeles Rams to cover the two. As far as my play of the day on the video, we had the Rams and uh, Seattle Seahawks under fifty four and a half, and of course, uh, you and I. We'll talk about our bet the farm play a little bit later. A uh, spoiler alert: you might want to uh, expand your coverage, your crop insurance, because uh, you got more farm. So, yep. all right. With that being said, let's find out, Scott. Maybe there's some folks out there who didn't have as good a day as we did. Maybe they're listening to us and they're gritting their teeth and they're throwing things at the computer, the radio, the TV, whatever they're watching us on. Because why? They got ripped off, Scott. And when you get ripped off, there's only one thing you can do. You got to call the cops, man. Pull over, son. Pull over. Scott, you ever got a speeding ticket? I have not. Never got a speeding ticket? Never did. You ever been pulled over? Uh, No. No kidding? I don't drive that frequently. Right, right. And you you were relatively... Did you drive when you were in college? Uh, in college, no, because I was out of state. But I did drive during the summers when I got back because I was working during the summer. Okay, very good. And, and but you keep keep it under speed limit, nice and conservative. Uh, at least the cops didn't catch me. When they I didn't. Was they didn't catch you. Very good. All right, Scott. Well, if you had to Coastal Carolina first half team total under twenty three and a half, well, obviously you weren't listening to the show because you shouldn't have played that. But you know what? You're looking like you might have got the win, and it all came about from that fourth and one where they decided to kick a field goal. Instead of go for the touchdown, so you're right on track, Scott. They had 17 points with four minutes left in the second quarter. Oh, yeah, all we need is uh, Arizona, uh, Arkansas State just to D up. That could go wrong there, buddy. Uh, Seven-play drive. That's what could go wrong. Scored a touchdown with 13 seconds left. They finished the first half with 24. Yes, everybody was sweating that extra point, and it went through. If you had Coastal Carolina team total under 23 and a half in the first half, Sorry, Charlie. You got to call the Cubs. And the second one's going to be in baseball between the Astros and the White Sox. If you had the over seven and a half runs, you were in good shape uh, because you had six runs in the first five innings. Locked. And then both bullpens were dealing. Mm. And the game ended six to one. Bummer. Did we see Did we see him? Uh, we might have. I, I, I doubt it because they were losing. I know Ronaldo Lopez pitched a couple innings. Oh, great. I'm guessing the White Sox saved most of their quality relievers, so you had the B and the C staff in there. Didn't really matter because Houston scored a lot early and decided it'll take them 20 innings to score five runs. Time to coast. <laughs> They're pro- <laughs> the White Sox were probably bummed out they didn't put Keuchel on the roster. So this would mm-hmm. be a perfect spot for Di- Dallas Keuchel down five runs in the sixth inning. So, yeah, it ends up 6-1, to one, Scott. That's not good. Not good. You had the over. You're locked, buddy. You're six runs halfway through. Come on. You thought Houston might score nine runs by themselves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And finally, we'll finish it up with a little NBA preseason. If you had the Grizzlies-Hornets second half. Good God. Go to a meeting. 
I, I was I was digging for this one. Over one ten and a half. Oh man, you were in good shape because they were at uh, one oh eight with about two minutes left. Scott, you got to figure you're golden, right? Nope. I got to feel feel close to it. <laughs> you put up two points in the final minute fifty six. The game lands one ten. Not a foul. Nothing. Nothing. Three pointer at the buzzer. Absolutely, were up thirty. You didn't have any ridiculous. It seemed like they were just dribbling the clock out. But the half landed one ten. You lose by a half oh, two points in the final minute. That's brutal. That that's brutal. Okay, yeah. so that is obscure. A second half preseason NBA play is very but obscure. There. But somebody it's, had it. You know, somebody had. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. Somebody had that beat. So for you listening to the show, watching the video, sorry, you got to call the cops. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the opposite. The people that are on the right side. Scott, these are the nice, easy winners. You know what? You and I might have had a couple of these, but uh, you guys know who you are because you are out there sitting in the rocking chair, baby. So the first one was in the NFL. If you had a player prop with Robert Woods over 59 and a half receiving yards, he didn't have to wait too long because he had 67 in the first half. And he decided, well, if I've already got 67, might as well go for 150. Yep. That's what he finished with, by the way. Yeah. One, 150. Very good. And if you had the Grizzlies minus one and a half as they took on the Hornets, I believe we just talked about this game, right? They yep. led, led by 30 points at halftime. And uh, yeah, no stories to tell, Scott. They win by 30. Congratulations. You were in the rocking chair. No sweat on that one. And the last one was the Rams and Seahawks first half. If you had the under uh, 26 and a half, you were in pretty good shape because you had zero points in the first quarter. And it ended up being seven to three at halftime. Well, in fairness, it could have been uh, three points more. It could have. They shanked the field goal at the end. But yeah, the full game under would have been in consideration. But then you randomly had a track meet that broke out in the third and fourth quarter. But the first half. Yeah was just some hideous fourth down play calling. Really just a bad job from the coaches all around, but good for the under. Well, and I can tell you as somebody that had the full game under, Scott, I wouldn't sweat it too much at the end, regardless of what a track meet it became in the last I meant potential overtime draw, et cetera. Yeah, no, none of that was happening. <laughs> once they kept it on once they kept it at two points, that's a beautiful thing. That's that's I'd all. see it should have been a sweat free, but Gay kick kept kicking the ball out of bounds. What what a weird thing, huh? What is that, twice he did that? Yeah, he did it twice. He missed an extra point and he kicked it out of bounds twice. You're, uh, you know, it's lucky that yeah. I thought that extra point was going to screw us because we had we were minus two. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to hate that kid, but he ended up being all right. So, well, we had a couple contenders for this. The <laughs> place kicker certainly was on the list, but I believe <laughs> we have come on with the right person for the job, Scott. Let's find out who's wearing the golden feed bag today as we award the Friday edition of Donkey of the Day. All right, Scott, we're going to start with a trivia question. We'll see. We'll test your sporting knowledge. What team in the major leagues has the highest average against the fastball? Any idea? Is it the Houston Astros? It is the Houston Astros. The boys from Texas hit 290 against fastballs this season. That led the majors. Congratulations. So, Scott, if you're Tony La Russa, you're sending a pitcher out, what do you want to tell your pitcher to maybe kind of uh, keep an eye on, not necessarily stay away from, because it's still going to be your go-to pitch, but what do you you really want to mix it up, right? Lean a little bit more on the off-speed stuff. Lean a little more on the off-speed stuff with Lance Lynn. So Lance Lynn went out. Threw 76 pitches. Scott, how many fastballs do you think he threw out of 76 pitches? Well, you'd hope, based on the numbers, he probably threw around half that. Yeah, 45, 50 tops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I interest you in 74 of the 76 pitches were fastballs? Now, we don't know, for the record, if Lynn was constantly shaking off Grandal behind the plate. Right. But th- that had to be somewhere in the scouting report that they hit fastballs well and somehow... <laughs> He threw his fastball at about 97% of your pitches. If that's not in the scouting report, then the scouting department needs to be the donkey of the day, and they all need to be fired. I would think that'd be a pretty relevant piece of information as you send your pitcher out there 
I, I, I don't get it. And like you said, total disclosure, neither one of us watched this game. We had football up. I've only got so many screens, guys. It was a day, it was a day game. I was working for the entire day. I was I was working as well. And uh, I kept I, I watched it on the computer. I kept an eye on the score, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that. I didn't know this until after we, we'd seen this. And it was it's incredible. So I don't know. Usually, especially a veteran pitcher, he's calling his own game at that point. He's just, you know, the, the, the catcher is just putting out signs so they're on the same page. He's not really, the catcher's not really calling the game with Lance Lynn. So I'm going to put this 95% on Lance Lynn. I'm assuming so, because worse because he could always shake off the catcher. Right. He gives him a bad sign. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, hey, Grandall, you remember that they hit fastballs? So mm-hmm. maybe not throw those so much. So I don't know, bud. I mean, you know, usually there's, you know, there's sometimes you, as a pitcher, you know, they say you're 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 really on about fifteen percent of the time. You're really off about fifteen percent of the time, and it's the seventy percent in the middle where you earn your money. Whether you could pitch through it if you're if you don't have your best stuff. So there's going to be days when you go out there and your breaking pitch just isn't working. You can't spot it. You can't get it over. But do you really have any answers about what any off-speed stuff does if you only throw two of them? It's a good question. Odds are no. I mean, you know, he threw, what, he threw a curve in the first one. Oh, yeah, that's not working. And then threw another one in the fourth. Yep, yep, still not working. I don't know. It's incredibly stupid. Uh, it'd be it'd be a great story if and somehow the, uh, the plucky pitcher was able to mow down the mighty fastball-hitting Astros. Yeah, that's not what happened. Astros just mashed Lance Lynn. What do you, I think he gave up five earned and four and a third. Is that right? Yeah, he got shelled. Yeah, absolutely lit up. So congratulations, Lance Lynn. Not only did you get an early shower, when you got out, you open up your locker, you see the golden feed bag is hanging right there. Put it on, buddy, because you're the donkey of the day. Yep. All right. Very good, Scott. Let's uh, take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back. And we're going to talk to Chris King, everybody. You guys, stay tuned. We're back on the other side. All right, guys, as promised, we have Chris King from winnersandwiners.com. Chris, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Scott. Sounds like your sound died, but that's all right. There we go. That's right. That's right. It's the, it's the regal. It's the king. The king of sports betting is here. How's your week going? Pretty good? I can't complain, you know. Going against Clemson and then struggle against Boston College last week made it all worthwhile. I had the same play, so that was a lot of fun. Yep, we were all over. We were all over. We were all over college in that situation. Clemson, how how did everybody miss Clemson so badly, Chris? I think it boils down to everybody thought that DJ Uagale, because he threw for 400 yards against Notre Dame last year, that he was going to be the savior. But they forget the fact that they don't have Travis Etienne, they don't have Lynn J. Dixon. They're playing with a bunch of third-string running backs and freshmen. The defense hasn't has been good, but if you don't score any points, it doesn't matter. And yep. they are just abysmal on offense. Yeah, that is that is that is really surprising. You know, I guess the, it's just assumed they're going to be one of those plug-and-play schools. You know, like Alabama, they just bring in a brand new quarterback. He's fine. Heisman Trophy favorite, et cetera, et cetera. That wasn't quite the case with the uh, DJ Uagalale, right? Yeah, we'll just call him Biff. Very nice. Uh, well, we're not going to have to talk about them much more because they're pretty much out of the national championship conversation. Scott, before we get rolling, I mean, uh, Chris, before we get rolling, if you had to pick four for the uh, for the playoffs, who you got? Well, obviously, the top two are going to be the top two teams in the nation. You can't argue with Alabama, especially with the beat that they put on Ole Miss last week. Right. I mean, we talked about it last week. I was worried about Matt Corral going on the road because he hadn't played a true road game all season. And I don't know what Lane Kiffin was doing. Apparently, he thought that he had Kevin Kelly's playbook and said, go for it on fourth down in his own territory. Well, you're a genius if it works. Yep. Uh, Then you've got Georgia. I mean, we saw them just crush Arkansas. I don't know if Arkansas is a pretender now. Or if we should take something from it, that Georgia's defense is just that bad or that brutal as, yeah. as far as shutting teams down. Uh, I thought Oregon was going to be good, and then we saw what happened last week. Typical Pac-12, where you know you can't keep an unbeaten team back week five. So I think we can pretty much write them out. It's going to come down to you know you got the big game this week with Penn State and Iowa. 
and that's going to be a big determining factor in what comes out of the Big Ten. And I think now that Ohio State has turned things around, they've got a good chance at running the table and getting into the getting into the CFP. Oh, great! What do you think that's Scott? that's great news. That that's what I want to hear. I, I hope we get Ohio State back because I I can't get well, enough. I didn't of... say I wanted them back. I'm just saying. Yeah, that, no. Look at the way that things have gone. Yeah, you're Those right. Are, because now their marquee loss to Oregon has been diluted a little bit because Oregon just lost to Stanford. Better defense, Iowa or Georgia? Boy, that's Georgia. tough. I mean, Georgia has just shut teams down. I mean, they, they stifled Clemson, which at the time we thought was a big deal. Right. But obviously now we know it wasn't. But they made Arkansas look like a junior varsity team last week. And we've I'm seen taking, I'm taking Georgia. Georgia with I'm better defense? Okay. All right, very good. I so think you'd have to. I mean, Iowa's good, but how long can they they rely solely on the defense? I mean, they had an offensive showing last week, but would they be? I just think Georgia's better athletes, so I just think they have the better defense. All right, so we've got the default winner of the Big Ten. By the way, don't fall asleep on Michigan. Just saying, they're only laying three and a half against Nebraska. I'm this aware. Weekend, I'm aware. Which is a fun time. All right, don't fall so, so Michigan until November, right? When so, they go to, when they play Ohio Well, we're gonna Ohio we're State. gonna we're gonna find out. I think this is probably Harbaugh's best chance at a victory in what five years, six years. It means they'll at lose least. by seven to fourteen okay. points, right. but Just, you know they might keep it close for three quarters. What's the look at? What's the look ahead line on that? Ohio State by what seven and a half, eight and a half? I got to assume it's somewhere around there. I don't have it in front of me. Okay, but all right. So who's the fourth team, Chris? Like I said, I think it's gonna. You got your de facto Big Ten winner. Okay, we'll give you that. The two from the SEC, sure. Yeah, I think it's gonna be you know whoever comes out might be the other Big Ten team. It could be Penn State or Iowa. Oh God, just put a bullet, put a bullet in my head. Because right now the Big Twelve is terrible. Uh, well, yeah, it's not. It's not just. It's just not right now. It's last year, year before, next year. Uh, There, yes, for and the Pac twelve, you can just you can throw them out by the time September is over. Sure. Let's do it. So unless Cincinnati can remain unbeaten, which is a big if. Yeah. And even then, will somebody consider taking a non-Power 5 team and stick them in a four-team playoff? And I'm not convinced that the way they do these rankings, that that's going to happen. Scott, what do you think? Is he right? Is Is this the year that one of the group of five schools sneaks in? I think the stars are aligning for this to actually happen, where a couple of the Power 5 schools just simply put, or Power 5 conferences aren't as good as they usually are. Right. So I do think that with the ACC and the Pac-12 basically being eliminated at this point in time, you actually do have a shot at a group of five school. You still need a couple of things to go your way, though. You need a couple of Big Ten teams to cannibalize themselves. You need Oklahoma to lose, obviously, at some point. I know Oklahoma stinks, based on what we've seen with Rattler. They are still undefeated in a survive and advance type of philosophy they got going right now. So Oklahoma still actually needs to lose a game at some point in order for Cincinnati to get in. But I'm really rooting for Cincinnati. They got the great win at Notre Dame last week. People were arguing they're, they don't play any other ranked teams moving forward. Those people were stupid because SMU was clearly about to be ranked because they were undefeated anyway. Yeah, they're ranked right now, 24th. Yeah, I'm kind of curious if Navy can beat them this weekend. We'll see about that. But the point is that Cincinnati should run the table, but the question is if their only ranked team victory after the Notre Dame game is SMU, is that enough to really get you in? Because Central Florida's underachieved up to this point. So that was I don't a bad, know bad loss to Navy last week for, by the Knights. By the, a bad loss to Navy. By it the, wasn't good, but I'm saying with Gabriel with a broken clavicle, I don't think UCF's going to be that good. So the rest of the conference in the AC, besides SMU. I don't know if the strength of competition is going to be strong enough to push Cincinnati in over a one-loss Oregon or a one-loss Oklahoma. I don't really know. But those Big Ten teams, I don't think you're going to get two in from the conference. I think you'll get one in. And I think the other one will be either Oklahoma, Cincinnati, or something. But I don't see two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams getting in in a four-team playoff. I just don't see that. I hope hope you're right. Oklahoma, I know nobody else is either, but when you keep winning these games by one position and, you know, you give up big plays like you like Kansas State with that 100-yard kickoff return after you went ahead by 13 to make it a six-point game, Oklahoma's eventually going to shoot themselves in the foot. It may not happen this week against Texas, but it's coming. Well, I didn't say that they were going to run the table. I'm just saying since they, as of right now, are still undefeated no matter how badly they're playing, the committee's taking an undefeated Oklahoma team. 
I don't know that that's right. They haven't played anybody. They haven't played a ranked team yet, and they've won like like you said. They've uh, they've beat everybody by single digits. I'm just saying they've taken Oklahoma every year with one loss. If they don't lose a game, they're guaranteed to go in. Okay. The way but if they is. get in, then we're going to watch them lose 55 to seven, and people are going to be like, "I don't want why them." Did Oklahoma in. get in? Is Oklahoma a favorite? In, but if, if Oklahoma plays Cincinnati, are they a favorite? That's a good. That's a good question. I don't think they are. I think they I think, would be I think Cincinnati's a two and a half point favorite. I think they would because of power five bias, but I think it would be around a field goal. Okay. And I would take Cincinnati all day long. I just, I just don't believe a power five team like Oklahoma would be a betting underdog to a group of five. They arguably should be. I just don't think the markets would set it that way. So if we see, if we see Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state and Oklahoma, is it just time to burn it all down? I think it was already time to burn it all down. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. I think they should have expanded at this point. I mean, they're all worried about how it could water things down and everything. I think it would make it more competitive because you get some of these teams in there that obviously should be the, considered. Coastal Carolina was a prime example last season. But would they end up ranked 12th, 13th, something like that? Right. Well, they ended up losing to Liberty in the, the final game, right? Well, but in the, in the bowl game. Slash last year either. No, no. Liberty, bowl, very good. In the bowl game. In the bowl they game. Beat, yeah, yeah. No, I know. beat Troy. Yes. Barely. And then they had COVID, so they had to not play the conference title game. Was that the deal? Yeah, against Louisiana. They, they had the COVID issue, so they couldn't play the conference title. Well, they beat BYU. That was their big signature victory there on short yeah, rest. BYU was one yard short. On short rest. Uh-huh. Might, as, might as well be 100, Scott. I'm just saying it was a hell yeah, of a game. Tell, tell that to Kevin Dyson. Yeah, yeah. yeah good point. That was, a, that, was a, that was a great game. All right, so we've got – let's start it off – we got baseball, buddy. We've got a little baseball. We're we're yakking about we're yakking about the pigskin, but it's baseball playoffs time. Uh, we saw a well, I was going to say a couple good games. We didn't. We saw one good game in the one out of two. We saw the Yankees. I don't know. Forget to get off the bus. Just just a dreadful performance all the way around there. So going forward, we've got a couple of rematches. We've got a couple of divisional rematches because they don't reseed as Scott so eloquently put it out yesterday. But Giants Dodgers, I guess that's the one everybody's talking about. Chris, how do you make that one? I think that there's no way that this series doesn't go 5 games. I mean, those teams are so evenly matched like we were talking about earlier. The Dodgers from April 1st on were 43 and 13 and only made up two games on the Giants. How can you have two teams win 106, 107 games and play in a divisional series for the right to play some subpar team in the championship series? Because you know whoever's going to win is going to steamroll Atlanta or Milwaukee. I got Milwaukee, so. Milwaukee should have just nailed it in after Devin Williams decided to punch his wall. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So you've got the Dodgers. Let's start there. You've got the Dodgers in the series at minus 160. Wait, that's way too much, right? Yeah, there. that's how, too steep, especially how, with no Kershaw and no Trevor Bauer. Yeah, how do you not? How do you not just blindly take the the seven to five money on the Giants there? That's also not including Scherzer having to wait until most likely Game Three to pitch. Right, and the fact that he struggled yesterday with only getting getting thirteen outs. But yeah, you got Urias, who is good. Don't get me wrong; I'm a big Urias guy. But mm-hmm. besides him, who else are you going to end up using? You're going to use Gonsolin for Game Two. Well, you've got. No, I think Urias is starting. Or Urias is starting game two. Game one, I think, was supposed to be Walker Bueller on full rest. I was gonna say you okay, got you got a, Bueller, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you're probably gonna use Scherzer for three. Yep. Right. And then Gonsolin for four, or you wrap it around for a three day rest in there. Like, eh. then again, of course, we know the Los Angeles has the better rotation. I just think the Giants, when they've matched up head to head in the regular season, the Giants held their own. I'm expecting a bunch of low-scoring games that'll come down to the wire, and we'll see how it works out. But I agree with the king. I'm taking this series to go five. I think you're going to see a pretty competitive series. Agreed. Yeah, and, and you've got the you've got the night air there on the West Coast for your unders. I I love that. It's going to be three, two, four, mm-hmm. two, yeah. stuff like that. I got to like the unders. And the other big thing is, Urias as good as he is, you only see him go five innings most of the time. That means the Dodgers are going to have to cover those other four innings. Dodgers doesn't seem to let him throw more than that. Dodgers have a lot of pitchers that aren't super efficient that that average somewhere in the neighborhood of 17, 18 pitches an inning. It's just, it's just not good. You know, that's the way, and that's the way Scherzer was last night. He was, 
he was pretty much at, at, at 19, 18, 19 pitches all the all the way through. Um, and that's why, why you got yeah part of why you got pulled in the fifth. Did you, were you guys surprised that the was it the leading winner in the NL had sixteen wins? Are twenty game winners going to be a thing of the past? Wait, didn't Urias have twenty? Yeah, Urias yeah. had twenty. Yeah, twenty. Was it yeah, was Urias on America? Was on the American League side? That yeah, probably the American League side. Yeah. All right. All right. The NL was definitely Urias because he had that, nineteen. I believe he finally got to twenty. Yeah, he was he was sitting at nineteen for all. You're right. So it was uh it had to be in the American League then, right? Yeah. So is that a, is that a trend? Is that going to be a, a thing that's going to be pretty much accepted and normal going forward? Well, it goes down to our management, doesn't it? Because if the pitchers are going to go less innings, then you have less chances to for your team to gain a lead while you're in the game. So I think that's going to continue if pitchers are no longer really going north of 100 pitches. If they're going to be going six innings tops or even five innings tops in some spots, you're going to see less wins because you have less time for your team's offense to score enough to give you a lead. Well, what what's what's wrong with the pitchers these days? Because you, you read about all the stuff they're doing Back in all, my day, no, pitchers no, no. used to go complete game shutouts. You know what? That's exactly right. I mean, there was in my lifetime when I when I could in in my lifetime when I could drive a car, pitchers were still throwing twenty complete games a season. Mm. What happened? I uh, I'd say science and you have, or however you want to. Phrase you have it, more arm problems now. Arms. But you have more arm problems now. Oh uh, well, we've talked about this in the past. It mostly involves the increase in velocity. When it comes to pitches, just because... more just more torque on the elbow, just more strain on on the parts. Is that the is that the deal? These guys are just bigger and stronger, and they're 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 just maxing out those joints. That's how I'm looking at it. Okay, you, yeah, you... it's just like when you know the split finger came out in the '80s, and everybody started ripping up their elbows trying to throw that. I mean, that's what derailed Mike Scott's career. I, I'm sure you remember him, Scott. Sure, for the Astros in the '80s. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whenever we, when that became the fad, then we started seeing a rash of injuries. And then after that, managers started realizing, you know, we shouldn't throw these guys that much. And now it's gotten to the point where you're basically wrapping them in in uh, bubble wrap and putting them up on the, on a shelf every four every, or for four days. Yeah, you before got before you unwrap them and bring them back out. You got just about everybody carrying thirteen pitchers, and I know there's some managers at some points this season carried fourteen, and just that's crazy. Just, yeah, you get a lot of vulture wins that way. You see these guys come in and get one out, and you know. Oh no question. A record. No question. All right, so you like the you like the you like the Giants just for the price there. Probably think it's I, I like us. It's probably close to an even series. Oh yeah, I, I, you have to lean with the Giants with the with the way the odds are right now. Braves, especially you know with them having home field advantage. Braves Brewers with Brewers of course with the home field advantage there. Brewers minus one forty four. Braves plus one twenty four. Um, my first thought would be see if you can find a dime line on that somewhere, but I digress. Um, I'm looking at the Brewers, but I think it's going to be a close series, but I just have so many questions about Atlanta's pitching. And I, I think that if you're looking at the bullpen, I know that Williams is out for Milwaukee. They still got Hader, who might be the best closer in the entire league. Right. I'm not a Will Smith guy. De- pretty good actor for a pitcher, not that great. But I think that you're looking at the rest of the team. The rotation just doesn't really have it for me. Milwaukee's got so many guys who can give you quality outings, and Atlanta has Freed and a little bit of Charlie Morton. Mm-hmm. That's basically it, isn't it? Well, they got Ian Anderson too, and on the on the Milwaukee side, yeah, you've got Corbin Burns, you've got Brandon Woodruff, Peralta, you got Freddie Peralta. But what have those guys done in the postseason? Well, I'm looking at Anderson, and I know that he's was okay last year, but this season has been a, been a bit of a down, injury-riddled year for Anderson. So, once again, I go back to the two guys for Atlanta. That's basically it, isn't it, for that rotation? Unless you think Anderson pitches well, he really hasn't shown much in the regular season this year. You're not a – you're not a uh, t- Token Woodruff falling apart in the second half of the season, too, for Milwaukee. He's nothing like he was before the All-Star game. No, he, he – set the He set the bar really, really high before the All-Star game, but that is true. Yeah, it definitely has been worse in the second half. So you're not – you're not – you're not buying – you're not in on Tuki Toussaint? I like Toussaint as a pitcher because he tries to be Johnny Cueto. Is he is he hurt now? Him. I haven't I haven't seen him making a start or in a while. Is he hurt or just relegated to the pen? Uh, I think he might. I think he might have gotten injured and they might have relegated him after that. But I know that they've been using Yanoa uh, for a decent amount, who I actually think is decent. Yeah, but 
I just think Milwaukee's got the better pitching and the offense. I will concede that Atlanta's got the better offense. I would probably take Atlanta if Acuna was healthy, but he's not. So I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I think they'll do enough to win at least three to win three games in the series. Chris, what do you got? I'm going to go the other way. I mean, if you look at the offensive disparity, Atlanta, you know, you picked up Jorge Soler, you picked up Adam Duvall. They both hit 12 homers after being picked up. It's the only time you've seen a team pick up two guys that hit more than a dozen homers at the trade deadline for their new team. Then you throw in Ozzie Alves, you got Freddie Freeman. You've got all those guys. Who's Milwaukee got? Christian Yalek hasn't looked good since he won the MVP two years ago. Lorenzo Cain has been terrible. I'm not sold on the Brewers at all. And it's not just because they're an NL Central team. They can pitch, but they can't hit. And if you can't hit, you aren't going to win. I think Atlanta's going to get just enough pitching to get by in this series. Well, that's kind and of the argument Braves. that – that's why I think it's going to be close because one team's great at pitching, the other team's great at hitting. Something's got to give. We're not sure which side's going to give first, but I think it will be a very competitive series. I do think the home field matters a little uh, a little bit, so I'll go with Milwaukee. But you can really make a case either way. The values with Atlanta. Has there has there ever been anyone having a a more MVP quality season than Austin Riley that gets mentioned not at all anywhere? I'm a huge Riley guy. I think Riley's fantastic. But you know, but... we're running through the players for Atlanta. We're doing the same thing. You, you know, you've got you've got the outfielders. You got Freddie Freeman. Acuna's hurt. You know, how about the guy that's been the straw that stirs the drink all season long? It's the, the kid, the third baseman, the, the position mm-hmm. that was – they didn't know what they were going to do coming into the season, and he's I think he's been a pretty pleasant surprise, no? I think the average has been that. a surprise. We knew that he had a lot of power and he could drive guys in. The average was the question mark with Riley. And, yeah, he's been very, very efficient. Yeah, he's, he's – yeah, led the, team in, led the team in RBIs, led the team in home runs. Uh, I, li- I like this Atlanta team. I think you're getting good value there at plus 124. I think it's a game, I think it's a series, like you said, Scott Milwaukee probably should be a small favorite just because they do have the better pitching and the home field advantage. But I think there's, I think that is a very live dog team there in the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, it goes five. Yeah, I, I, agree with that. I hope so. It'd be good. Uh, Red Sox Rays. Rays minus 169. Red Sox plus 149. Chris, any value on the Red Sox there? I It's really hard to say. I mean, you've seen Boston. They've been so up and down this season. That bullpen, though? Yeah, the bullpen. Is, you know, they are, Let's face it. The only reason Boston clinched a wild card spot on, on Sunday was because Washington gifted it to them. Otherwise, we could see, we could be talking about the Toronto Blue Jays in the playoffs. Right, which I'd, I'd love to see the, the Blue Jays and the Rays, by the way. But – I'm not overly sold on Boston. They've had so many injuries. They've had so many so many inconsistencies. How much does Chris Sale have at this point? Because he's really going to be the anchor in that rotation. You can't trust Nick Pavetta. I don't. I know I don't Scott never. Good. I know Scott never does. I never do. <laughs> um, Evaldi, he was okay uh, yesterday or in the wild card game, but he wasn't spectacular. And the mm. bullpen is terrible. Yes. Tampa Bay, you know, they, they'll roll out 37 pitchers in a game and it doesn't make a difference. It's amazing. It's just, they just, they just, I think they have a factory down there. They just bring in these guys who, yeah, don't worry about it. He's going to pitch three scoreless innings. All right, fair enough. Well, yeah. we're talking about, we're ta- if we're talking about value in the series, just a quick question. Is there food for thought? Is there automatically value on the underdog if you have two division rivals who have faced each other 19 times okay. the regular season facing off for a five game playoff? I think there almost has to be. I think I think there almost has to be. Having said that, uh, I'm taking Tampa anyway. I hate I, I hate the Red Sox in that spot. So familiar with each other, you can make a case that with the familiarity, there might be a little bit of value on Boston. Yeah, and what you can and make a case? What's the, what was the season series? Anybody got in front of them? Uh, let me pull that up right now. But I know that Tampa didn't blow them out of the water. It wasn't like it was 14 to five or anything. Right. But to go through the 19 games, Tampa ended up leading. 11 eight. Uh, 11 to 8. 11 so to 8. So it was okay. it was close. I mean, right. Tampa ended up winning, but I do think Boston will win a game. I don't think they're getting swept. I'm still taking Tampa, but I'll take Tampa in four. So 11 days translate to what about minus 130 or so? Uh, give or take, yeah. maybe a little bit more. But yeah, I think Tampa's going to win the series. I think Tampa's going to the World Series. I think I think this team's arguably the best team in the league. But Boston, I can't get past the rotation and the bullpen. Tampa just invents ways to just 
generate runs while pitching gems. And I think that's going to be too much for Boston to handle. You're the same way, Chris. But the interesting thing about that series, too, is it was 11 to 8, but the average total in that in those games was over 11 because they, the Tampa Bay outscored Boston 106 104 in those 19 games. Mashing. Mashing. So you're looking at I a like lot the over. Of, a lot of overs potentially there. Yeah, yeah. I said that yesterday. Total total is seven and a half with McClanahan against uh, Rodriguez for this game for game one. I just think conceptually that's too low. But definitely. I mean Erod has been better on the road than he was at Fenway, which works to his favor here. But still, he was not the pitcher he was in twenty nineteen. I think taking last year off kind of impacted him. Mm-hmm. White Sox, Astros, Astros minus 136, White Sox plus 116. Chris, go ahead. Uh, this is going to be an interesting series. I mean, Houston left Odorizzi off their ALDS roster. Uh, Dallas Keuchel won't be pitching for the White Sox in this series. The big key is going to be for Chicago, what are they going to get out of their rotation? Carlos yeah. Rodon has thrown 28 innings since August. They, they had nothing to play for over the last two months because they were so far ahead in the AL Central. Jose Abreu is a game-time decision tonight. That could really impact the White Sox as well. I think this is going to be a, probably a four- or five-game series. I just don't know if the White Sox youth can overcome the experience that Houston brings to the table, having been in the playoffs, what, four or five years in a row now. Love Houston in this spot. Scott, what do you got? I like Houston uh, for all the things that Chris said, but on top of that, on have issues trusting Larusa. Now, I'm not a big Dusty Baker guy. I know his playoff teams have had a, have had a history of imploding, but Larusa, maybe it's just me, but I'm sure we'd all agree. Let's. I don't think the players really like him that much, and I don't think he's done a great job with handling personnel. I don't know if I really trust him in his first playoff series in what 10, 15 years. It's ironic that the favorite I like the most is the one that's most reasonably priced. I, I got to like Houston here, especially with the home field. I just think Houston's going to win this series. Yep. Yeah, I think the White Sox might steal one. I said game three at home. I think that Giolito could get the upper hand tomorrow just because I haven't been sold on Valdez down the stretch. But that's going to come out whether the White Sox bullpen can hold up. See, I'm looking at I'm looking at another pitcher. I'm looking at fading Granky because he's been an absolute mess for the last month and a half. So I do think I think I think the White Sox might take a game off him, maybe game three. But other than that, I'm seeing a couple of games where the White Sox might be winning. You bring in Kimbrell for the eighth, and then suddenly you're no longer winning. So we'll see what happens. Well, see, I had understood that they were talking about that Greinke was going to come out of the bullpen since he had just come off the IL. He should come out of the bullpen anyway because starting-wise, he was miserable for the last month and change. Yeah, very good. All right, shifting gears. Got some football tonight. Temple, Cincinnati, one of those games. Cincinnati absolutely uh, has to not only win, but has to win convincingly. The spread, of course, reflects that. Cincinnati by 29-54 is your total. Shout out to Temple, by the way, for beating Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, Memphis, uh, P.S., not very good. Mm. Chris, Cincinnati, roll them up there, or uh, Temple get the late cover? I don't think that Temple has the, the weapons to keep up with Cincinnati. Luke Fickle's defense is very good. We saw him stifle Notre Dame on the road. Sure, some of that might have been that Jack Cohn was injured and didn't look himself. But when you go into South Bend and you beat Notre Dame, you can't take that away from anybody. Right. I think Cincinnati is going to win this game, and they're going to win it convincingly. Does it make a difference that it's on national TV? No, because they were on national TV last week. I'd be on NBC. I, I understand that, but does this make a difference when it comes to running up the score and and leaving oh. and, and leaving Ritter in there longer than they might normally do? Does does style points count when everybody's looking at it? Style points count just because you know that seems to be what impacts the the uh, the voters. But right, I think that Fickle once he's got a got the game in hand i'd like to think he'll get ritter out of there just because he doesn't want to run the risk of having him get injured okay but either way i think cincinnati is going to win probably five touchdowns and cover this line stanford arizona state a couple of psycho teams chris stanford much better team here lately with the new quarterback arizona state chugging along we hate them all they do is win they're four and one on the season 13 point favorite. I went from it's gone from it's gone from nine and a half to 13. Arizona State money has just come screaming in. Do you agree with the move there? I actually don't. I mean, 
sure, Jaden Daniels and everybody is back. Arizona State, they've beaten a bunch of teams by three scores. Who have they beaten? Yeah, I'm 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 totally with you. I'm, I'm totally they beat, with you. They beat UCLA, but that's basically it. Yep. That's in So again, who have they beaten? Mm-hmm. Scott, what do you think? What do you think about this one? Grab the, I think get, the spread's too high. Yeah, grab the thirteen and call it good. I think nine and a half is closer to the right number, and I'm not. I'm not even sure that wasn't too high. I mean, UCLA's yeah, I defense seven is, would be right. Yeah, yeah. UCLA's defense is atrocious. So I know Arizona State's offense looked better than probably people thought going into last week, but against most teams, I'm not sure if Arizona State's going to score enough to actually win this game by multiple touchdowns. I think this game finishes ten points. Give or take, I'd look at I'd look at the Cardinal. Yeah, and as we as we record this again, it's a, it's a little early as we're talking to Chris. It's Thursday afternoon, and the game's not going till Friday evening. But keep an eye on that number. It's possible you may be able to grab a fourteen there because it's already DraftKings already has it at thirteen and a half. Pinnacle has it at thirteen and a half. It it seems to be trending. It seems that there's still money coming in on Arizona State. So hang hang tight. You may catch yourself 14 if you're if you keep an eye, if you keep an eye on it. You got multiple books you can choose from. All right, Chris, in a little bit of time we've got left here. Let's go through uh, real quick the Saturday card and the NFL card. Uh we'll do, we'll do a, a little segment we call Snap Cap. Give me your two favorite NCAA plays. Give me one sentence why and do the same with the NFL. Start with starting with college. Go. Uh I think this is going to be a weird one. As much as either one of these teams look good, I like Duke with the points at home against Georgia Tech. When you give up 52 to Pitt, you don't look impressive. Duke's at home. That's enough for me. What's the number on that? Uh, Georgia Tech is actually giving three and a half points on the road, which makes no sense at all. All right, good enough. And give me another one in the college ranks. Uh, The other one in the college ranks is going to be one of those games that nobody really talks about, and that's... Akron and Bowling Green. Okay. And you know, Bowling Green's five the only team that's five and zero against the spread. They're also the only team that's or one of the only teams that's five and zero that's gone under the number. Akron can't score. Akron can't move the ball. Bowling Green's not great, but they're gonna win this game by double digits. And it's probably still gonna fall under the number that I believe is in the mid forties. Okay. Very good. Moving on to the pros. Give me a, give me two in the NFL, and then I'll get your prediction from the Kansas City Buffalo game. So don't make that game one of your two. Give me two others. Uh, Tampa Bay over Miami. Tampa Bay struggled last week. I think some of it was the weather. I think they missed Gronkowski, but Miami's a train wreck. You can't trust Miami. They lost at home to the Colts. They're going on the road here. It's going to be ugly. Okay. Uh, the other one. It's got to be, oh boy. I'm going to say this with a caveat that I'm assuming that Julio Jones or A.J. Brown back this week or that Todd Downing realizes that if they don't play, he shouldn't throw the ball 45 times. Mm. But I'm going to take Tennessee on the road against Jacksonville because Jacksonville, well, Urban Meyer needs to figure out if he's coaching a football team or if he's trying to win a bar league because his team is a train wreck. Trevor Lawrence has got some learning to do, and the Jaguars just aren't good, even at home. Do you, do you expect that game to be a bit of a grind? I think so. I think that, especially if Tennessee adjusts from last week against the Jets, Derrick Henry could get one of those old-school days where you see him touch the ball 40, 45 times. That was an Urban Meyer bar joke, but that just went right over your head. That's all right. Okay. All right, and the big game of the night is going to be the Chiefs and the Bills rematch of the AFC Championship game last year. Chiefs small favorite in this one. Wrong team favorite? This is a tough one because as much as I am a Bills fan and I don't like the Chiefs, obviously. um, Why is that obvious? Just because you can't beat us? Well, it's it's not even so much that. If if you read... Remember, the reason why Patrick Mahomes fell to Kansas City in the first place was a trade that they made with Buffalo to move up to 10. Right. Buffalo got Tredavious White in that deal, and the Chiefs picked Mahomes. Mm-hmm. How'd that work out? It didn't really, it's not like it worked out badly for Buffalo. I mean, White's an all pro corner. You can't go wrong with that. The big thing, the big difference in this game here is going, is defenses. Kansas City's 31st in the league. You've said it before. 
they let teams go up and down the field because they score so quickly that they get worn out. Buffalo leads the league in takeaways. They're sixth in the league in sacks. They stop the run now with the return of star Latula Lele. It's something that's overlooked because when he wasn't there last year, that helped Kansas City run for what, 226, I believe, on Monday night? Yep. Rousseau is, also, Rousseau is also pretty good on that defensive line. Gashed him in the drizzle. Yeah, I remember that. And, you know, Buffalo, the continuity, they have momentum, and they're motivated, and that's the big thing. This may not mean anything to the Chiefs because eventually they'll probably still end up winning the AFC West anyway. It means something to Buffalo because they want to prove that they are the better team in the, or one of the best teams in the AFC. And like I've said before, as Ric Flair says, man you've got to beat the man and right now in the afc kansas city's the man that's right and to go back to the clash of the champions in 1988 flair was the man sting was the man trying to beat the man and i think in this case the bills are going to win a close one it's going to be one of those games that goes right down to the wire bills on the money line then yeah okay all right, I'm going to put your feet to the fire. Do you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Say it, Bills fan. Just Pick the obvious just, answer. Just say it. We already know. It's fine. And what's the obvious answer? You take Mahomes. I mean, it's, it's, it's the obvious answer. Just just take Mahomes. But now here's the question. Oh, boy. Patrick Mahomes do the same things in Buffalo that he does in Kansas City, or is it because of the guys around him? Could be. I'm just looking for what I've seen. I think Allen's a very, very good player, but I'm taking Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. He'd do the same thing wherever he is. He'd make those throws wherever he is. But, but would anybody catch them? You put if you put him in Jacksonville. Well, I mean, I or, I, I hear I hear I hear everybody talking about how good Trey Diggs is and Cole Beasley is. So, you know, to, he, to, to, to hear the Buffalo fans say it, they're just as good as any receivers the Chiefs have. I think you mean Stephon Diggs instead of Trey Diggs. I'm, I'm not Trey Diggs, Diggs. Stephon Diggs, sorry. Got my Diggs, my Diggs mixed. Trey Diggs, though, pretty good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I will agree with that. He is pretty good. I would have liked to have seen Buffalo draft him, but it didn't, didn't work out that way. So just, just say Mahomes so we can get out of here. No, I want to be contrarian. Okay. I'm going to say, Alan, just because of the fact that with his size, he can make some plays that Mahomes might not be able to make. If it's fourth and one... And you're trying to go up the middle. You saw what happened to Mahomes on Monday night last year against Denver when he tried that. Was last year two years ago. Two years ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. But dislocated his knee. First injury I've ever seen on a quarterback sneak ever, by the way. Well, there you go. First time for everything. Yeah. So, okay. So you're you're really going to take Josh Allen. Some of it's holistic, but some of it is... I've watched Allen make plays that other guys don't make. Okay. I respect the fact you're being a homer. He can still show his face in the anchor bar, folks. There you go. He's the uh, he, he he doesn't look happy with his decision, but he did it. He did it. He took one for the Buffalo Bills right there. Josh Allen. I mean, you can't argue with the numbers he's put up. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to leave it there. Hey, he's the king of sports betting. It's Chris King, everybody. Thanks for joining us, Chris. We, will, as always, had a blast. Glad to be here, Scott. You All too, right. Scott. All right. And, uh, Scott, don't you go anywhere. And for the rest of you, don't go anywhere. Scott and I are going to be back and break down tonight's card and share our Bet the Farm play. Get ready to get on your tractor and have that pick. You guys take care. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back on the other side. All right, everybody. Welcome back. That was Chris King, very good guy. Yep. Got a, uh, he, he, he fits he fits right in with us. Got a good face for radio. I don't agree with his uh, Josh Allen take over Patrick Mahomes, but we can talk about that another time. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I felt like it was close. I, I felt like it was, but then he like, it, it seemed like he wanted to. He, sh- he stayed true to himself, and I respect that. Yeah. Uh, a little bit blunt. He wanted to show his face in Buffalo at some time in the future, so yeah, thanks, thanks very much, buddy. All right, Scott. Well, we've got some games to break down. We talked a little bit about the college slate, and of course, you and I will be doing our entire college show here. It'll be dropping later on Friday as we 
go down in uh, each of the top 25 schools. Give you our opinion on on their games. Spoiler alert, Scott. I still suck at sides and absolutely rule at totals. I think I was the opposite. I think I was good at the sides last week at that totals. Yeah, yeah, I was exactly 500. Uh, so yeah, and we'll talk about that more in the video. It's it's kind of it's kind of fascinating. So that being said, any any final thoughts on the college game? Anything that you really like that you feel like it's a kind of a must bet? Uh, for me, I think that the Temple Cincinnati game is interesting. Mm-hmm. I am kind of wondering if that spread is too high, but. We'll see when Cincinnati decides to call off the dogs because they're going to at some point. It's a matter of when. So that might be a backdoor issue. But the Stanford-Arizona State game, I'll look, I'll look at Stanford, but I don't really have any great opinions on that game. I like Charlotte, though, tomorrow. I, I had money on Charlotte in the college football show from last week, and they ended up covering against Illinois as an underdog. They're favored. But Florida International just is not a very good football team. FIU, no bueno, sir. And I like Reynolds as a quarterback for Charlotte. So I think Charlotte probably wins that game by a touchdown. Okay. All right. Very good. That's the, that's a solid play because we didn't really talk much about that one. Yeah. We kind of we kind of kept with the uh, with the more with the more mainstream games feature in the top twenty five teams there in Arizona State and Cincinnati. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see Cincinnati play. I like I like watching that team play. Yeah. So do I. Good defense. Good defense. Cincinnati better than Coastal. Yeah. You think so? Okay. I uh, personally, yeah. I don't right. think it's very close. I think it's the defense that takes it away. The offense, you can make an argument that Coastal is going to put up huge numbers because they've played Kansas, UL Monroe, UMass, and Arkansas State. They still have a very good offense anyway. Yep. But Cincinnati moved the ball pretty well against Notre Dame for a decent amount of that game. I just think that Coastal is a little bit too finesse for me. I think Cincinnati can just absolutely pound it if they need to. Okay. I'd like to see... I'd like to see some sort of uh, round robin play in situation with, I don't know who you who you want to see Coastal, BYU, Cincinnati, Liberty. I kind of need a well, Liberty lost to Syracuse, so they they wouldn't be in it for this year. But yeah, just top two group of five, top three. Yeah, at a, at a Cinderella birth. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I totally agree with that. So. Oh, Scott, we just we have ideas to fix everything, and and nobody listens to us. It's very yep. very very frustrating. So let's switch gears. We'll talk a little baseball with Chris. We talked about some series prices. So let's talk about some of these individual games tonight. Now we've got one of the most intriguing matchups, Scott, because it's kind of like a box of chocolates. I don't know what we're going to get here as Chris Sale goes up against the uh, rookie Shane Boz. Shane Boz has been very good. Scott made made three starts, and he has been pretty pretty fantastic uh, up till this point. Two hundred three ERA, a .67 WHIP. My friend, is he the real deal, or are the bright lights of the playoffs going to bring him back to earth? I assume every prospect Tampa calls up before a playoff run is the real deal, right? So yeah, I think he's pretty good. Uh, of course, Sales got the pedigree but he's also had injury issues throughout the entire year. He's not the same guy he used to be. At the end of the day, looking at this matchup quickly, I said Tampa's going to the World Series. Mm -hmm. I think they are by far the best team in the American League. Boston had nothing in game one. They actually scored nothing in game one. I'm taking Tampa in the drop. I just think that even if Sale pitches well, it'll be a war. And in the later innings, Tampa's going to generate more chances than Boston against the bullpen. Sale's not the same guy. It gives you seven, eight innings. It's just not him anymore. He's probably going to go five or six. So is there value, number one, is there any, there's no value at all about taking sale at a plus price? I think if you want the value with sale, you could take a team total under, or you can take sale first five. I but so. I, once again, I want nothing to do with Boston's bullpen. Yeah, I don't blame you. I think, I think first five would probably, would probably be the play there. I just, I just don't know about laying 130 with the rookie. I mean, I know he's good. I know he was their what he was their, their top prospect when they brought him. Oh, up. I agree. I think that Boz is definitely a gamble, but I do think that if it's close after five or six, I don't trust Brasser and all these and Hansel Robles and company to shut the door. Okay. All right. Very good. That's that's. Uh, I think that's solid. You got you got a hunch on the on the uh, total there. I got to go with the under. I mean, you've had several playoff games. Every game's gone under. I can't take an over. Oh, that's a interesting strategy i'm gonna i'm gonna fade the i'm gonna ride the under train until it loses all right well don't you kind of don't you kind of have to you've had four games already they've all gone under 
Does that really does that really matter to you? I think it does. If you think that playoff baseball is different than uh, regular season baseball, I know that happened in March Madness. You had the first half unders, which were ridiculously hot for right. the first round. Well, which that, I think hit it like eighty something percent. But that has a lot to do with shooting in those big arenas. Yeah, that's too. neutrals. I get it. But I'm saying is the environment's different. There are some nerves involved. I'm gonna back it until it loses. You can tell it's the playoff because Tampa will have like eighteen thousand people there. So pretty much, you which know, it's basically a record. You know, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Hey, speaking of unders, how about Charlie Morton and Corbin Burns as they square off up there in Miller Park? Um, this has been nothing but Milwaukee money coming in here, brother. Opened up at minus one thirty-five. Now pretty much one fifty, one fifty-five. You can still find some forty-fives at some at some places, but. It looks like the Brewers are uh, are taking the money in this one. Seven is your total, and it's juiced to the over, Scott. So, well, it's a flat seven, so you got to juice it over in case there's a three three extra inning. I'm draw. just saying, if you if you like playing the uh, if you like playing the under, be patient. First five, be patient. Maybe. You're going to get seven and a half there. Charlie Morton, you sold. You buying or selling on Charlie Morton? Very good big game pitcher. But, of course, Burns is an animal. I think that this line's too high, though. Now, I picked Milwaukee to win the series. I think it's going five. But I can't lay 150 here. It's either Atlanta or a pass for me. I think Morton is decent enough to hold the zone, keep it close. And Milwaukee is no setup guy. So you have to get to Hater. I'm not sure if they're going to. But I think Atlanta keeps this close. Yeah, I I've I've been on Burns all season. He's been he's been okay lately. Kind of got lit up by the Dodgers his last time out. But you know that if it he, was one thirty, I'd like Milwaukee. But it's one fifty. I I can't lay that. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't I can't bet the run line with Milwaukee. I don't have that much confidence yeah. in him to score a ton of runs, especially with a total mm-hmm. of seven. Well, you know that Morton's a a playoff guy. Yeah, like, people know that he's a good performer in the playoffs. Yeah, he's not the the stage is not going to be too big for him, and he's thrown. His last two starts, Scott, he's gone. He's gone nine and two thirds, no earned runs, and just four mm-hmm. hits. So he's he's, cer- he's alive. He's certainly in good form here. Braves are definitely live. And let's finish it up with the last game on the board. As we have all four teams in action tomorrow, Scott. This Scott, this is going to be the late one. Walker Bueller and Logan Webb as the Dodgers go against the Giants. Uh, Dodgers road favorites right here opened up at minus one thirty-five. They're going to be favored never again. Uh, they're barely going to be favored in this one. Uh, we'll see how the trend continues. Opened up minus 135, now about minus 117 as Giants money has come in on Logan Webb and the Gigantes. Giants still getting no respect, Scott? I have to like the Giants. I know the Dodgers are the more talented team. Uh-huh. Giants still won more games in the regular season, man. I feel like we've said this 107 times this season, Scott. Well, if you're if you're gonna give me plus money with an 107 win team, I'm taking the plus money. I think you have to. I think I think you just. I think that's just for for. It's just almost ought to be a rule, you know. And and Webb has been fine. He's he's faded a little down the stretch, but he's had a very good season. He's faded. The Giants win whenever he pitches. That's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. He's they they pitch up to the competition whenever whenever he pitches. So. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, all right, man. Well, that's that's going to do it for the show today, Scott. We, whoops, a little, little premature there. Sorry, buddy. We have just one thing to talk about, and that is the play where we put our heads together. We look at the entire card. We look at the weekend card, and we come up with our very favorite play. If you're only going to listen to the show one day a week, listen to it on Friday, kids. Get, on, get, to, get that straw hat on. Climb on that tractor. Because it's time for Bet the Farm. Scott, can we give them a little inside baseball that you and I send each other that that noise whenever we hit the play, whenever it goes official? Yes, we do. Send it on our phone. Absolutely true. All right. How did we do yesterday? We had Coastal Carolina winning by a lot, and they won by a lot. I'm thinking about getting a straw hat and a corn cob pipe to put in my mouth every time we play that music. Oh, uh, we can just like dance around. So if, if it's I, in the budget, we can get it. If I bought one for you and send it to you, would you wear it? Yeah, why not? I'd I, I'd love to see you in like a hillbilly straw hat. Next time I'm in the down in the Ozarks, I'll pick some up. Cool. All Let right, very, very good. Hey, um, we got one cooked up for today, Scott. What is it? 
So, in baseball, we did not mention one game, and it's the early game. We like the Astros on the money line at around minus 118 offshore in game two against the White Sox. Houston, been great at home, 52 and 30, including the playoff game yesterday at home this season. Meanwhile, the White Sox, losing record on the road. They've lost 42 of their first 82 road games. Houston also has been really good in the head-to-head, won six of the eight meetings. They've also faced off five times, including yesterday, in Minute Maid Park, Houston, 5-0. and So we think that Houston, after winning yesterday, they're the much better team. They should dominate at home once again. The White Sox, we thought, would struggle in this series. We think they fall down too well. Absolutely true. We like this Houston team quite a bit. Again, uh, I'm trying not to let the fact that I have a Houston uh, futures to win the American League pennant mm-hmm. color my judgment. But you and I have been not excited about this White Sox team. They, they just kind of stumble fucked around for the last six weeks of the season. They didn't need to do anything and they look like, looked they like were... it for the first seven innings of yesterday. Yeah. Game. Yeah. It absolutely did. They're looking like they're trying to find the switch to hit and turn on everything and they couldn't find it. I, I think that continues. I think Houston takes care of business in the series. I think they take care of business in this one. So it's going to do it for the show. It's going to do it for bet the farm. Special thanks to Chris King. Once again, for stopping by. Appreciate you, brother. I uh, appreciate all you people out there doing your thing too, listening to us, watching us, whatever it is. If you're listening to us on podcast, don't forget to rate and review. If you're watching the video, don't forget to drop us a comment, like, and subscribe. I think that's going to do it for the housekeeping for myself, for Scott Reichel, for the whole team over here at winnersandwiners.com. We appreciate you. You guys take care. Good luck today. And we'll see you next time on Winners and Winners Radio. Take care, everybody.